0: Billy Burke, please listen up. God bless you. We're having some great meetings in Maui. We've seen a lot of miracles and we see amazing miracles in all of our meetings. I don't deserve to see that or say that. We see things that are just absolutely amazing. They take your breath away. And my life started many years ago. I was just a boy. I was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer I had three days to live. I was discharged from a hospital in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My grandmother was an avid listener on the radio to a lady named Katherine Kuhlman. I don't know if any of you ever heard of Katherine Kuhlman. And uh, anyhow, I was in a hospital. You know, they had marked my head for radiation. The cancer had spread from my head to my lungs. I had cancer lumps all over me. My eyes were crossed into my head, paralyzed on one side. And it was, a, it was just ugly is horrible because see sickness no matter if it's arthritis or asthma no matter what it is lupus or no matter what it is the enemy uses sickness to take away your dignity it's not just about dying it's about not being able to function at, at maximum efficiency pretty soon you can hear you can't see right you don't feel good you, know, you don't have to be have a death sentence of a terminal disease to be to be disabled so many people don't have any energy I mean they're thirty going on sixty you know they're there's <laughs> six o'clock they're done and there's people that are medicated they they just their their personality has been altered because of pain medication and they're, they're a forgotten group in the church we focus on the wheelchairs and we focus on and of course we see it many 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 miracles with that but There's so many who just have forgotten that there's a supernatural touch to take you off synthetic, you know, medication. That you don't have to live on pills to go to sleep and pills to wake up. That you can lose weight overnight. (laughs) He struggled on that one. I I, (laughs) He said, Where'd this guy fly in from? Maui. Maui. But when you see what I've seen, and we've seen people lose three, four, five inches immediately, pants falling down in services. Yeah, I had one lady, her pants fell. She was on the front row. It was a large, large tent meeting, and I was on stage, you know, singing, Come Breathe Upon Me, Breath of God. Come breathe upon me, sweet spirit of the Lord. And I was singing, and, and we, I said, you know, there's supernatural power here for anything you need, cancer, weight loss. Her pants just went right down around her ankles. And her husband didn't know, it. he was praising the Lord, you know. And everybody whose hands was up in here, and I thought, oh, my God. And so I tried to get the husband's attention, and I said, well, they ran out of the tent. It was a big tent. They ran out, and when they came back in with a tape measure, she lost four inches in church. I told that story in Cleveland, Tennessee, and a lady's purple pants with an elastic band around just slid right down in the (laughs) service. I'm just saying to you, and the only reason I say a few of these things is because something's missing today in the believer's if we're going to go out there and brag on how big Jesus is and all that Jesus can do, it's got to become a greater reality to you. There's more you need to see. There's more that has to happen to you. And always always live to take the limits off God. Come on, see, I'm taking the limits off God. Just about the time you think he can't do this, he can do that. And, and sometimes we just forget how every day in our face he wants to live. Anyhow, long story short, I had three days to live. My head was marked with all purple. Uh, and this was back, you know, quite a few years ago. And it was scary. It's possible to have faith and fear at the same time. Anybody that tells you, well, if you, don't, if you have fear, that, that cancels out your faith. They don't know much about faith. It's very possible for them to be functioning in the same person. One usually is more dominant than the other. It's possible to have faith and fear. And it's possible that your fear is overriding your faith at the moment. But it don't have to stay that way. And long story short, I don't want to belabor all of this, but long story short, my grandmother convinced my parents to check me out of the hospital against their wishes and take me down to a Catherine Coleman healing service in Pittsburgh. Well, I didn't know Ms. Coleman at the time, didn't understand supernatural, didn't understand the anointing. I just wasn't schooled him that. And had to go through a bunch of legal procedure because our surgeon, my surgeon was a Jewish doctor who swore that I would be a vegetable if I was removed from the care of the hospital. I mean, I, I was 18 hours on the, on the table. I, I woke in an oxygen tent, packed in ice. I could see the ice. I could see the screen over the tent. And they just couldn't, the tumor was so far advanced, they just couldn't get the tumor out. They took what they could, but it was so microscopic, metastatic is the word they used. And, you know, they, they, a lot of these hospitals, they just, they're not after healing. They're after the insurance companies. They like you, but they love your insurance. Come on, somebody and so they want to keep you and keep the drugs going in there and keep everything moving and my grandmother said no we're going to go down here well they took me to that service people i would never seen anything like that I mean today you're exposed to that in such a larger scale I mean all over the world the move of God is just amazing and what you have access to is so powerful but until you experience it firsthand don't you dare don't you dare think it isn't real do some people misuse it Do some people fabricate? Do some people mess around with money? Yeah, that's all part of anything that's real. Anything there's something genuine, there's something ingenuine. Anything there's something powerful, there's something counterfeit. Don't be a sissy Christian. Don't throw everything out because, you know, you had a bad experience. Or your friend did. He's real. There's great men and women of God all over the planet. There's a real move of God going on. Come on. And Jesus still does... The miraculous. And I'm sitting in the balcony watching Miss Kuhlman moving the gifts. I, I just had, I had a patch over my eye because my eyes were double vision. They had, they had to soak towels in cold water just to keep the pain off of me. Morphine wouldn't work. That's how much pain I was in. But I was sitting in this meeting as numbed up as I could be, one eye, watching her Move in the gifts of the Spirit. I was amazed. See, if you're if you are not impressed with God, you're in trouble. Yeah. that's so true. Now, before you say that, what has captured the church over oh, God today is technology. People are more impressed with their iPhone than they are a miracle. I'm going to let you think about that one for a couple seconds. People are overwhelmed with the latest, and this one's coming out, and this is going to do that. And, you know, we start off with megabyte and gigabyte, and now we're in terabyte, and pretty soon we'll be in who knows what byte. Come on, somebody. (laughs) It's bigger, faster, greater. We live on the edge of so much crazy technology, things happening, and so we go to church, and church seems old-fashioned. There's a guy down there praying for people. And there's a guy down, that guy in there prophesying. and we've lost our wow factor. You see something and you go, "Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, guy got healed. guy got healed." I'm tell- I see miracles every meeting, I'm, I, and I'm so amazed at the next one. Do you understand what I see? I walk out of these, I'll walk out of here tonight. By Sunday night, I'll be saying, "My God, what in the world is going on in Oahu?" Come on, say amen. But, but I need your brain for a moment, not your spirit. You can get so emotional, you miss the miracle. God's a cerebral God as well. He's not afraid of intelligence. He's not afraid of giving you more information to base your faith on. Faith isn't based on feeling. It's based on classified information from Genesis to Revelation. It's not based on how you feel or what you think. We know it's not based on what you think. Cuz a lot of what we think isn't working. Now you have a choice. You can continue to lather up with Ben-Gay the rest of your life. Ruin your love life. Come on, come on say amen. <laughs> You don't need counseling, you need to get rid of Ben Bengay. Come on. She'll come on to you like white on rice. Come on, without Ben Gay. Come on, say amen. There's so many things that change your life when you get healed. When you don't have to take insulin anymore. When you don't have to wear a brace any longer. When you can move parts of your body you couldn't move. When you can see better, hear better. When you don't have any more cataracts. When you have energy. When you can sleep all night without getting up three or four times. That's amazing what little things, you know, without it being a terminal disease can do for you. But see, you don't even realize it and you've lost the desire to get that. You don't know that. See, desires, they peak and they subside. It's like surfing. You got to catch that wave while it's breaking. I was taken to this meeting and I'm watching all this take place and all of a sudden, Ms. Coleman turned and pointed to me, right, directly at me. And she said, you get down here. You're being healed of cancer. Well, I'd never met Ms. Coleman. No one had slipped her a piece of paper. No one from our family knew her. So this word of knowledge was pretty intriguing, how that hit me right between the eyes. I screamed real loud, no! She said, down here! I said, no! Third time, she said, ushers, get him down here! So the people, what, they don't know about Catherine Kuhlman. She had a powerful anointing and more powerful ushers. Come on, somebody. <laughs> they forcibly came up under the balcony, and they said to my grandmother and my mother, Miss Kuhlman wants him. This wasn't like a service where most services were. She was, she was forceful because she believed she was carrying treasure. Yeah. Remember what Peter and John said, such as I have. They didn't say, hey, I can't help you, but I'll take you to somebody that can. I'm, I'll point. No, they said, such as we got it. Come on, say, I got it. No. Come on, put your hands up and say, I got the power. Come on. No, no come on, I got, I got the power. Come on, I got the power. I got power. That's what Peter and John said. When you know you have it, it changes the way you think about helping people. That okay. that people should be healed before you even get them here. Because you've had your fingerprints all over them. You don't have to be good looking to pray for people. Come on, say amen. Tell your neighbor, praise God for that. Come on, tell him. I'm standing in front of this great lady, you know. Didn't know she was great. Didn't know she was famous. Didn't know all that. I knew what I felt though. I knew what I was feeling and standing in front of her. I never felt that. I was just taken back by what is that? When she touched me, four rows fell with me. There's 2,000 people in this meeting. Four rows in this huge Presbyterian church fell with me. I'm laying on a floor, of a marble cold floor. I couldn't move. You know how you fall into the power and get up? I couldn't. I wanted to, but I couldn't. See, the anointing is measured in weight. The Bible talks about a weightier. Say weightier. There's a weightier glory. There's levels of the weight of the anointing. I mean, you want to get hit so hard. I mean, you sleep here for three days. Come on, say amen. Somebody else can feed the parrot, the cat, the dog. Your fish can eat one another. Come on, say amen. <laughs> but you got to begin to want this anointing at a higher level than what you do. I'm laying there. I could not move, Pastor Josh, and I was terrified because I never had that happen. I'm trying to move my arm, and I'm looking at my arm, and I can't move it. And I tried this arm. I couldn't move I'm thinking, gosh. And she's standing right over top of me. She said, oh, looky here. I thought I died and that weird lady came with me. That's what I... Seriously. It wasn't a good day at that moment because a lot of times whenever the Lord's trying to help you, you don't know you're running from it. You're fighting it. You're resisting. You're so worried about what people are thinking. You're so worried about, you know, is this real? There's so much fear in people. You know, and because we don't understand oftentimes how God works. So that she, they brought me up, and, I, and I'm just telling you this from experience. That's the only way I can tell it. I came up, and I, I'm thinking, what is this feeling? Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what. It's amazing. If you fall without a feeling, you know, get your money back. Get your money back. Get a refund. There's a feeling that God can go through you that's greater than drink and drugs, greater than sex and good food. Come on, say amen. I mean, it's just amazing. I could not grasp or even describe in language what was, you know, I mean, we've all sat in Jacuzzis and hot showers, and maybe you've had a massage or two or, you know, all of that stuff. This is something not of this world. And sometimes it can last for days. And I, they brought me up, and I was moving all through them and thinking, "What is this?" And she said, "Oh, look at you." She said, "I think you need another touch." <laughs> I'm thinking, "No, I don't need any more." <laughs> Why? Because I lost control on the first touch. <laughs> Revival is not meetings. Revival is whenever God can get you to lose control of your life. It's breaking up the ground you walk on, breaking up your patterns, your limited thinking. That's revival. You could stay here for five years in a meeting and never change. All you have to do is come enjoy the singing, enjoy what you see, and still not change. Revival is a yieldedness to the Holy Spirit, it's more than tongues. It's more than Jericho marches. It's more than Shana. Come on, somebody! There's people Shana on Sunday morning and slurping on Sunday night. I Man, I mean, revival is re- when you really want what God has for you, and you believe that what He has is better than what you're doing. His diet's better than your diet. His hobby's better than your hobby. Wow. You know, his strength is better than your strength. And it's just amazing that, that it takes a... It take, you got to get tired of where you are. And so I'm standing up and she says, you need another touch. I said, oh, I'm thinking, please don't do that again. Why? Because I loved it, but it, I was still afraid. You know, just afraid. That's why a lot of people like to drink but not get drunk. They like enough to get a buzz but not lose control. Wow. That's with drugs or drink. I don't like to get sloppy drunk. I don't know what I'm doing, but I like a little, you know, a little tipsy. You know, well, the Holy Ghost can give you any level you want. You may need help getting home tonight. You may have to have a driver to get you there. Or you could walk out of here just feeling, whoa, that was pretty neat. Wow, I like that. Or you could walk out here thinking they're all crazy. I didn't feel the thing. <laughs> See, a lot of this depends on you. Every one of our meetings, we usually have press in there, atheists in there, agnostics in there, or people come to challenge some of the miracles. They just It's hard for people to comprehend what happens. We've had hair change colors, eyes change colors, jaws come unhinged. I'm, I mean, I've said, I'm just telling you stuff that's just could happen now if one of the people sitting beside you if their jaw comes unhinged run (laughs) (laughs) i fell again the second time and again that power went through me it was amazing i came back up and i knew i knew something was different well my leg i wasn't paralyzed anymore but i didn't realize it the people were standing and singing clapping and and i'm thinking oh my god oh my god and I looked and she I could see and my mother's crying, my grandmother's crying. Well then Miss Coleman says, Get that patch off your eye. I said, No. She said, I said, get that off your eye or I will take it off your eye. And I'm thinking, Who is this woman? <laughs> you know, preachers are in certain etiquette with preachers, right? There's a certain way you're supposed to behave. I mean I mean you wouldn't take that off somebody, you know. And I said, wow. So I, didn't t- so I picked the patch up. I didn't take it off. And my eyes had straightened out. The pain was gone. No paralysis. This is in a matter of like 60, 90 seconds. Now, you don't know if you have cancer or not because there's no x-ray machine. So she was very confident. She said, you go back to the hospital that you came from. Get the reports. But she said, I want to see you again. She said, this is an amazing experience for you. Of course, we went back to the hospital in Pittsburgh. We've had the test, had the x-rays, had the CAT scans, all that, and they come out. He said, I don't know what you did, but he's there, it's gonna come back. Because it wasn't there, so they don't know what to tell you. They're upset. <laughs> nobody likes being put out of business. Come on, say amen, nobody. And, and, and so my life, that was my beginning of my journey in experiencing the supernatural. Of, of experiencing that wonderful experience called the anointing and the power. So we've been just traveling all over the world in the past years. And just trying to get a hold of people that, that don't realize. I'm going to say this and pay attention to this. Okay, Pay attention to what I'm about to say to you. This may make or break whether you. Most of the people that we see getting healed in our meetings. Except for the few that come life or death because they come wanting it most of the people have lost their real desire to even think that something could change they like the anointing they like the meetings but they don't really come with this overwhelming desire that something's going to happen to them you know we just had a girl out at brother copeland's in fort worth we were there for a big healing crusade and and I said, there's somebody here, you have, a, you have a pump that's in your body. The doctors put it in your body, and it's a pump. And I said, I don't know what kind of pump this is, but it's pumping medicine into you to keep you functioning. This young girl, she's a very young girl, here, she had an insulin pump put in her. Her, her diabetes was so bad that, you know, and she was sticking needles in her stomach and behind her leg. And, and so they had to put a pump in there. Her, her sugar, when she came to the service that night, was over 300. And she, I said, you got this pump. I said, God's healing you tonight. You won't need that pump. They're going to take it out, blah, blah, blah. So she comes up, and I said, okay, right here. They're streaming this live. I'm not after a job. You know, you didn't hire me. You can't fire me. <laughs> Do you hear me? I mean, I don't mean to be facetious with that. You can't get into this, this kind of ministry with... Weak knees. You got to hear you gotta, and, and believe that you're hearing the right thing. You know, and, and help people break through their stronghold that where the devil has lied to them for so long. And you've gotten comfortable in your handicap. And you don't do anything more than the Mormons do or the Muslims or the atheists. You get down the Walgreens or CVS and live off the drugstore. They're down there, too, getting all that stuff. They're drinking green shakes, purple shakes, boo-boo juice, bobby juice, hubba juice. I said, come on, test your blood. Test it right here. She said, right here. She said, test it right here. She pulled her little kid out and tested her blood. We're standing there alive. I mean, I know what I heard. Now, unless she don't believe it, she can nullify it make me look bad or, or she can she can believe that what I'm hearing is, is right and she took that blood test right, the sugar test her sugar dropped from over 300 to 72 now you understand something she about died on the spot right there she said my god my, my, it's never been that low and I said well that's what the word was See, when a word comes out there that he's doing something, it's not a suggestion. God's not saying, well, maybe there's somebody here with bad knees. Don't ever think because people don't come up that that means, well, the preacher was wrong. It is hard to get people to cooperate. People are embarrassed. People are moody. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You know, people just don't want anybody else to know. I mean, I was in one meeting and I said, there's some lady here, you have pain shooting up your rectum. Well, who wants to go up front for that one? <laughs> right? I mean, here, here's a situation. Here's a situation where I want to get rid of that, but I ain't going up with that. <laughs> so it puts a person in right because Because see, what you think and what we all think, pay attention to this. Well, I don't need him. I don't need to do it here. And here's where you are wrong. Let me tell you where you're wrong. If you go through the Gospels, he, if he's in charge of your healing, he's in charge of where he wants it to happen. Now, he will will heal you in your home a lot in your life and in your car and walking on the beach. Thank God for some privacy. But he, you're meant to be a spectacle. He did do it in the synagogue. And he did do a lot in the marketplace. He wants to do stuff in you so that, man, people just, you're the example of his faithfulness. And you have to let that happen. And the more you let that happen, the more then it can pass through you into your children and into your grandchildren. And you become a supernatural family tree. And you get the generational blessing, not the generational curse. Come on, somebody help me tonight. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. But here's what I want to say to you, and that is this. Just because you've lost the desire to press in for your healing doesn't mean you've lost your faith. The man at Bethesda lost desire, but there were dormant seeds in him. A lot of your faith doesn't die, it just goes dormant. You tried to get healed of this, you tried to get healed of that. Three years ago, there was an evangelist here or a crusade there. You reached your hands out to the television. So many people, when they don't get what they want when they want it, they just quit trying to get it. they switch over and they like prophecy or they like this in the church and and they just begin to live with fibromyalgia osteoporosis paralysis they begin to live with blindness and deafness and i've prayed for thousands upon thousands of these people it's heartbreaking you know what they all say yeah and it's in their eyes in their face it's their own body language yeah someone like and they tell me who it was that prayed for them You know, one lady said, oh, Roberts prayed for me, and Morse Cirilla prayed for me, you know. and I'm thinking, well, thanks for including me in the Hall of Fame here, but, you know, hey, I'm Pastor Nemo. Come on, I'm just Nemo in the sea of life, but you never know what Nemo has. Come on, somebody say amen. And, And so what you have is you have all these people that, like the man at Bethesda, he tried to get in, he tried to get in. He had faith. The water's moving. The water's moving. He tried to get in. He tried to get in. He tried, and he couldn't get in. His faith wasn't broken. His desire was, and you don't have any desire any longer. So you you justify and you find another way, and you say, well, he's up there, and you know he has it, and whatever, whatever, and move it. And you just get about, and you just begin to live with it. Inside, you're wondering, why didn't I? Why didn't I? You can even get cynical. You can even quit the Pentecostal church and go somewhere else. And you can even tell people, that stuff didn't work for me. I tried that. It didn't work for me. See, God's not bound to your time frame. But he, is, he does want you to still have desire. That's why Jesus said, whatsoever things you Desire. This whole, Come on, hold your Bible up. Do you have a Bible with you tonight? This is a church service. Do you have a Bible? Come on, hold your Bible. Say, so everything in here is based on, based on hunger and desire. It's hard to get people healed if they don't really want it. It's hard to get anybody delivered if they don't desire it. And why wouldn't you if you have something wrong? You're used to living with it. You've lost desire. doesn't mean you lost faith means you lost desire. You've lost desire to get your eyes healed. We have people come, I mean, that have been, been on dialysis for years. You just get used to going three days a week. You get used to therapy. You get used to pain. You get used to body wraps and traction. You get used to heart medicine, cuminin, and blood pressure. Just get used to it. Doesn't mean God don't love you, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean that it just means you've lost doesn't mean you lost faith though. You still got the faith. You have dormant seeds in you that could that could in the right moment burst into reality. You have volcanoes that are dormant. But in the right setting, come on somebody. You're running for your life on the island. Come on, say amen. They call it dormant because it still has the potential to explode. And you have stuff in you that's been sitting there for years. You've remained faithful. You still go to church. You still believe in God. But, and when somebody says, well, how's come you still have a cane or a walker or a wheelchair? You know, you don't, you don't know what to say to them. So you say, I'm still trusting them. But you don't push in like you used to. You used to stand on verses. You used to add it to your prayer. You know, you used to say it whenever you're thanking God for your food. Oh, Lord, I thank you for my spine too in Jesus' name. But you've quit praying about it. You've quit, you've quit pressing in. See, there's a thing called pressing in. You don't get wine unless the cover comes off the grape. You don't get olive oil unless that olive is crushed. Come on, the best that you have, something's got to get busted before the good can come out of it. And you've got to begin to realize just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to. And I, I believe that many of you are being poised this weekend for a major, major breakthrough from heaven. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Come on, hurry. I can't hardly hear you. What's the matter? Where's a whistle at? Anybody can whistle in this place. Quit limiting what, by your feeling or what, quit limiting God. Most of the people we see, I don't hardly, see, I hardly see anybody healed. I've had this for a week or a month or, or even a year. It's 25 years, 30 years, 15 years, 50 years when I was a child. I've had since I was born. And what happens when you get around the anointing, those seeds can come alive. Whether it's anointing in a meeting, or you get around somebody anointed down here in Starbucks. It don't take music and a service to, get to, to bring out those seeds in you. It's the anointing through a person, anybody out there, that God could use to just quicken you. To You could walk out of Starbucks with a latte and new desire. Come on, somebody. Come on. That's a real visit to Starbucks. Now you call it St. Arbucks. Come on, somebody help me. But see, if if any of you were diagnosed, you wouldn't be known as you lost desire because you still love him. But because you love him don't mean you're pressing in for what he did for you. It can be discouraging, the journey to miracles. It's not always that easy. It doesn't always happen like that. But around the right climate, the right music, the right fellowship, you know, fellowship means what? You know, everybody in different ships floating together. You get around some people, they sink your ship. <laughs> they don't want a fellowship. They just want to pour out all their problems. And if you try and tell them yours, they go, yeah, I know what you mean. Now, let me, hey, by the way, let me tell you what else is going on. You know, you know all that. You don't need me to tell you all that. Come on, see, the right atmosphere, right atmosphere. can make these dormant seas, dormant seas. come alive. One lady just recently came up. She had 25 years bone on bone on her hip. And she's walked up. She said, you know, I I, I need a hip replacement. And I said, boy, it looks like it hurts. She said, this has been hurting for 15 years. And she said, I've just been putting it off. And she said, I've just decided that I'm going to go ahead and have that surgery. Would you pray that I get the right doctor? I said, well, we can pray for that. I'll be happy to pray for that. Or, Or let me tell you, how's it feeling right now, though? She said, what do you mean? I said, how's that feeling? She said, well, it's hurting. I said, was it hurting right now? See, don't confuse hurting before you came here to now. Because see, there's a shadow. The shadow is a radius of the anointing. When they got in Peter's shadow, everyone say the word shadow. See, when, when you get in the shadow of evil, you know you're, you're sensing evil. You women, when you get in the shadow of lust, you know someone's looking at you the wrong way. It's just that vicinity. And, and so here she is, and she's saying, yeah. I said, she said, well, I wouldn't be here if it didn't hurt. I said, well, just check it. She said, why would I check it? I, she said, I know it hurts. I said, man, would you quit arguing with me? I said, just check your, your hip. And she said, well, it's, it's, oh, my God. I said, you just had surgery, and you kept your clothes on. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on. And that's the great thing about getting healed in church. No needles. Keep your clothes on. It's non invasive, except you got to be humble. You got to be humble. You know, you got to, hey, if he's calling you publicly, then that means, hey, he wants to deal with something publicly. It's never to embarrass you, it's to use you for his glory. But you see, that's, that's why, just around that atmosphere, here's a lady here, 15 years, and then you pray for people all over the place, you know. Oh, I had so-and-so pray for me. I was in a meeting back there, blah, blah, back here, over there. All the, you know, I'm trusting him. And I said, well, all those prayers matter. Every prayer you get softens the ground. I said, every prayer you get softens the ground. It doesn't matter who brings the tree down at the end. Every hit brings the tree down. Come on, say, the last hit gets all the credit. Timber! Man, that guy knocked that tree down. Praise God. It was the 500 guys that hit it before that that helped knock it down. So it's everything working together. But it's you realizing that you, your desire has not been. Because some Christians think it's a sign of strength to deal with illnesses. It's weird. It make it feel like it makes them tougher, stronger. Yeah, I got this thing. Every time I walk, my back slides. I mean, it's just, hey, you know, hey man. But I tell you what, that's all right. That's all right. I mean, don't don't worry about it. It's just yeah, God's good. And yeah, it doesn't matter. And, well, get on your way then, if it don't matter. <laughs> it does matter. If you want to be a testimony. Because the more you have to talk about, the more qualified you are for God to bring somebody across your path. The more you get healed of, the more you get free from, the more visitation you have, the wider your range is for helping more people. In your... Come on, somebody giving praise. Come on. Come on. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Let me tell you one quick story. Years ago, we was in a church in Alabama, and they were filming this. We had cameras there. And Creflo, Creflo Dollar, had sent a bunch of people down in a bus to this meeting. One of them was a young girl, 14 years old, Afro-American girl who was blind. And a skinny little girl, They came, a group came with her. What none of them ever knew, nobody ever knew, that since she was born, even though she was blind, She had a desire to have green eyes. You know, because her mother would always say, you got beautiful brown eyes, you got beautiful brown eyes, and one day you're going to be healed with these beautiful brown eyes. And nobody knew that deep down inside that she had a desire to be a black girl with green eyes. Wow. Anyhow, long story short, so she's over here. They bring her over, and I just touched her. Didn't do anything great because I'm nothing great he's great just touched her power hits this girl she goes under the power and the cameras are right on it so I walked away and said man, hallelujah you know let that off they were just going you know all of a sudden she yells I can see I can see and I turned around the mother's screaming and crying well the cameraman screams he says Billy get over here my God get over here something's weird get over here So I went over. I said, what's the matter? He said, look in the camera. He said, she's turning green. That's what we're talking about. He said, look at her eyes. He said, I think she has a demon, you know. (laughs) Be careful what books you read, please. (laughs) That's Hollywood. That's not, dear Lord. (laughs) So I look in the camera, but sure enough, her eyes are turning emerald. I thought, look at that. I thought, oh, Lord, what is this? Well, she's screaming. She could see. She could see. And no one knew that deep in her heart, she wanted to have green eyes. So they get a mirror out, and they go, look. She said, I want to see. I want to see. When they put the mirror in front of her, she started crying. And she said, Mommy, Mommy, I got exactly what I asked Jesus for. And She said, Baby, what's that? She said, Mommy, my eyes. Look, my eyes are green. You know, I left that meeting, as I leave all meetings, you know, mystified dumbfounded you know, they were unlearned fishermen that carried the power I mean he can use smart people but it's a little bit harder come on say amen that's why it says not many noble are called what I'm saying to you tonight is tonight and tomorrow night and of course all day Sunday is pay attention not just to be here but what is it that's just become invisible to you that you're living with, you know, you're living with, and that's a sign of faith to to be sustained. But I, I go to people all the time. I was went to a completely paralyzed woman in Dallas, completely paralyzed, thirteen years, not able to walk out of a wheelchair. She's in a wheelchair. I walk over her and go, "Hey," I said, "Tonight, let's let's walk tonight." She says, "Don't you embarrass?" There's a thousand people there. I said, "She says, don't you embarrass me?" I said, oh, "I'm embarrassed." I said, "This is a miracle service, right?" Isn't a miracle service done? Miracles happen? If you're having a covered dish, what do you do? You eat. Come on, say amen. amen. If you're having a marriage seminar, what happens? You learn about marriage. But if you advertise a miracle service, miracles are supposed to happen. Now, is that my right or wrong? So if you walk into a miracle service, you should be thinking, well, I'm walking into a miracle service. And, and it's not this or that, it's this. It should begin to raise your expectation that something could happen to you that's not supposed to happen. That's what a miracle is. It's against logic. Whether it happens over a year or two years, that's not gradual. Healing isn't gradual and miracles are instant. That's the worst definition. If you get healed of AIDS over three years, it's still a miracle. It's not the length of time. It's the fact that it's against logic. I said this girl, I said, how long have you been like this in the, in the chair? And She said, I've been like this for 13 years. I said, what happened? She told me about the accident and I said, well, I feel bad about that, but I said, do you see how many people I have to pray for here tonight? I said, I don't have a lot of time to spend with you. I don't have time. I said, if you'll listen, if you'll listen to what I'm saying, this could be a great night for you. She said, you're embarrassing me and I don't like it. I said, ma'am, I'm gonna walk away I'll pray I'm going to walk away. I don't want to embarrass you." I said, "But if you listen to me, you'll stand tonight and walk tomorrow night." And she said, "Ugh. Oh. She put her head down. She was trapped. You know what? You know what she was trapped with? She had never been pushed or pressed to believe that far. You don't, you don't comfort people with faith. You, don't, you never comfort faith, it'll never work. The biggest ministry in the church that's terrible is pity. Doesn't help anybody. How's Jack? Uh (gasps) Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, we love him. You let him know we love him. (laughs) How's his son? Really? Homeless, no money. Well, you tell him we're praying for him too. Precious people, precious people. (laughs) you challenge faith you comfort hearts with love you comfort people you challenge faith faith has to be challenged if you look at the ministry of Jesus there's so many places where if you look at it he seemed insensitive here's a man who couldn't walk rise pick up your bed well if I could rise and pick up my bed I'd rise but I can't right? right? He puts mud and spit on a blind man, and then he says, go wash in the pool. The pool was two miles away. <laughs> if you read this story, nobody helped the guy. So here's a guy now with mud and spit just trying two mi- two miles, two miles trying to get to the pool. I'm not going to that church. Come on, somebody. I'm going to the church where they hold your hand and... And they baby a little bit. We missed you last week. Oh, we love you. Just trust the Lord for you. Why don't you say in the name? In the name. Man, I've been putting the blood over you for a couple of days. I declare, I don't see you this way much longer. I had a vision about you, and you were walking and oh, come on, somebody. So I said to this lady, I said, I'm going to count the three. I want you to stand. She said, I can't stand. I said, I'm going to count the three. I want you to stand. I said, then tomorrow night we walk. And she said, but I can't stand. I'm paralyzed. I said, well, that's before you came in here. Say, before I go to the restaurant, I'm hungry. Once I leave the restaurant, I'm full. What's hard about that? What's hard about that? We've quit expecting anything except a good service. Wow, come on. Just accept a good service. If you don't challenge what's in you and begin to say, you know what? This is the year. Give God a window, a time frame. This is the year I, make a, I take aim. See, faith needs a target. God don't drops off aimlessly. What am I to do with you uh, you know how long have you been like this? To Barnabas what would you want? All all demanding a target. That's why he has to use words of knowledge. Cuz people don't come forth with what's wrong. So God has to use the words of knowledge to help people connect with what's already happening. Cuz people don't disclose I said, one, two, three. She jumped up, couldn't miss a paralyzed woman. She's standing, her legs are shaking, and she's screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to fall. I said, don't worry, right, if you fall, we'll catch you. I said, do you want to try and walk? She said, I can't walk. She said, you said tomorrow night. I said, okay, tomorrow night. <laughs> I said, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home tonight. She's standing up. I'm, touch- I'm holding her now because she's very, very weak. She hasn't walked in 13 years. I'm not trying to break her faith by getting too much out of her. I'm trying to nurture this. I said, I want you to go home tonight. I said, do you have a refrigerator? She said, I do. I said, great. I want you to go home. I want you to take, take the wheelchair next to the refrigerator and stand as long as you can against the refrigerator. And she said, why do you want me to do that? I said, because that's what I'm hearing him telling me to tell you to do. She said, well, why would God want me to do that? I said, why don't you ask God? I don't know. <laughs> she said, you mean I'm supposed I said, just do this. Stand as long as you can. I said, and tomorrow night, you'll come walking through those doors. Well, people look at you like you're crazy. These people look at you like you're absolutely nuts. Even Christians, if we could get the believers believing, I mean, if we could get the believers believing, you know, so the next night we're in the service and she don't show up, she's nowhere to be found. I'm thinking, oh Lord, I, you know, man, this was all big last night. People were shouting, clapping. We're there the next night. It's about nine o'clock. And I just thought, you know, i give it to you. I know what you told me to say. See, you have to hold on to. You just, you're going to be tested with a dream, a vision. Anytime you say God told me, I mean, you're going to be tested on that. You can't be afraid of your name, your reputation. If you're in this to make friends and gain popularity, this is the wrong thing to do. About 9 o'clock, 10 after 9, I'm over there just you know, get ready to get, start praying for people. All of a sudden, those back swinging doors. I just kept one eye. Here they broke open. And she comes walking in like this. Just like that. I began to cry. I just cried. If you push me, I'll cry. Don't do that. But if you push me, I'll cry. I cried. I just lost it. The place went crazy. They know her. She was one of them. what happened that night i didn't have to say anything else the altar was (laughs) jam-packed you you you, you don't want to just play in the anointing there's too much playing with it there's too much just playing around with this i'm not going to get into specifics because the holy ghost can whether it's in healing or prophecy or whatever, there's too much playing and people leaving the same. Let's zero in this weekend on carpal tunnel and cancer and blindness and cataracts and Let's zero in on pain and medication and you know let's just zero in and just just begin to take the limits off God. You know, and, and, and see what he can do with just a mustard seed. Yes. Just a spoon full of hope can change you. And, and if, we'll, if we'll just begin to do that, starting tonight, we're going to see some stuff right here, right now. But see, I want you to get percolating. Come on, I want, I want to see you get inside. I want to begin to let that well spring up with hope again. Like, like, could this happen to me? Could this happen to me? Is this possible to happen to me? Oh, my. I mean, let me tell you one quick story that I know you want to, you want to take an offering, right? We was in a church in Lansing, Michigan, Mount Hope Church, great, great church, AG Church in Lansing, and just had a great meeting, come out of, and and I was so exhausted. They took me out the back door, and I was going down this long hallway to get to the the green room, and they had two or three guys, and they were just to get, because I was just ready to pass out myself. Come running out of this side nursery was the father of a young boy who was only born with one kidney. He come running out and he says like all they all say whenever they catch you some way where you're really tired and, and he, he broke in through the people that were around me and he said i got a billy burke billy burke billy burke i I need, I need a special touch and i said hold on hold on and you get alarmed you get scared a little bit he said my son was born he only has one kidney and i just know i just know if you say see he was his faith was percolating when the skillet's hot the egg fries fast and I said to him I said look I said hey hey calm down he said, he's just he broke he began to cry my son I need a kidney I need a kidney and, and, I, and we because we have a lot of my, organs grow lungs uh, stomachs we've had two stomachs grow back we have a lady in Pittsburgh both of her breasts grew back Two ladies in Toronto. One of their breasts. In a single mistake. Both of their breasts grew back. Oh my God. Anything could happen to you tonight. Dear Lord Jesus. Oh my. Anyhow I just said. Hey you know what. Let your faith. That's what Jesus. Let it be let according to your faith. Not according to your color. Or your gender. Or your age. Not according to whether you have muscles. Or no muscles. Whether you're heavy or thin. Whether you went to college or not, we live in a big house or a or a trailer or a condo. Whether you have a Cadillac out there or a Volkswagen, nothing. He said, "According to your faith." We got a call. I, I just this blows me away. We got a call maybe two weeks later. They took him back because he was going to dialysis. When they went to hook him up, the technicians just screamed right in the office and she screamed where the blank did you get this kidney (laughs) miracles will make you swear come on say amen (laughs) miracles will make you swear or the people that are testing you And I don't mean that in a bad way because you know we don't endorse that. I'm I'm just saying that sometimes it just brings up a a language that helps you describe the shock and awe of a big and mighty God. You know. Can I tell one more story? We were in Carpenter's Home Church. A guy comes up to the altar and he said, I need a damn car. I said, We don't have those kind of cars. I said, we we don't. Now, he's in church. There's a 1,000 people there. He's in church, and he's just being himself. What you're filled with, you overflow with. You squeeze a lemon, you get lemon juice. you You don't get coffee out of a lemon. When you're squeezed, that's what comes out of you. That's what's in you. And he said, I need a damn car. Well, there's people getting healed all around this guy. He don't get it. He don't know the house rules, you know. He don't understand. He's in a church service. He just sees stuff happening. He wants to grab a damn car. I said, sir, look at me. And I, I could feel you. annoyance. I said, we don't have any damn cars. He said, <laughs> he said what the hell do you have? See, now he's pushing me a little further than I want to go. And I was trying to discern, is he he playing with me? Or is he just, this is where he's at? See, a lot of people come to church and they're just, they're hearing what they hear here. But really, they live at a different address. See, only the anointing can break through that. Only the anointing can break through that. You're you're not a bad person because that's where you are. We're just sending trucks down to get you relocated. We're going to pack you up and move you somewhere else. I said, sir, calm down. I said, I believe we can get you a car. I believe we can get you a car. And then he just continued down that path. And I'm just, people's out there wondering, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I'm thinking, don't be so shocked like you haven't heard this before. That's why people don't go to church. There's no reality. Right. If God had to heal you because you're good, we might as well go home tonight. Right. That's so true. Come on. He heals you because he's good. Yeah. Come on, somebody help me tonight. Before that week was over, he was driving in a car that he got from that service. Changed his whole life. I mean, it's just amazing. So before you disqualify yourself, you know, because you don't know all the healing scriptures. I'll tell you, a thousand people that know all the healing scriptures and don't get healed. It's not about that. When you, when you get raptured, you're not going to bump into a book. People let the scriptures replace the person. I'm sorry. Give me a choice of whether I want to spend time with the book or the author of the book. Give me a choice. Come on, help me tonight. I can read an Oral Roberts book, or you know, when I sat with Oral before he died. I mean, there was three hours in person with him. It was worth to me way more than any book I ever read of his. So we, the scriptures are real, but I mean, those scriptures are about a person. When I sing, "How great is our God," I, you know, there's songs that people like because they like the song. I sing to a person. So, When I give my money, that evangelist up there, yeah, he's doing a great work, but I give to a person. Put your hands up all over the place. Come on, quickly. Before we get into ministry tonight, pastor's coming. But I want you to pray this prayer right now. Say, Holy Spirit, help me this week. Take the limits off God. I need a visitation. I need your hands all over my mind all over my body and help me get free from wrong thinking from wrong eating from wrong habits help me come into a place of wholeness and power I've never had before I want to leave here pain free disease free I want to live here with the strength that I can walk with a dignity and a courage that my God is alive and he does the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, give him a shout.